Okay, for, uh, so I guess for all you brave, uh, brave ones out there, you've made it to the practical part of uh, the Shaivim series. So if you've survived so far, that's going to be, again, bearing in mind, practical, um, you know, it's my level of practicality, so you know, don't get too excited. But um, anyway, so let's just, let's just be Masad there for just a, a mamish two minutes, what we have so far, and then we'll transition to the next, uh, the next shlav of, uh, of Avaida. So again, what we've, what we've seen so far in this sugya of the Erev Rav is that the completion of a Yid, to make a Neshama whole, there are two components that need to be brought together. In the language of the Arizal, the two components were the head of the Neshama and the body of the Neshama. The, uh, the Rashash came, that's what we learned last week, the Rashash came and just changed the nomenclature, changed the language a, a tad, and by just that subtle change really gave us a better picture of what we're talking about. The Rashash changes it from head of the Neshama to body of the Neshama, rather from to, to the Neshama of the Neshama and the Guf of the Neshama. And by making that slight change, as we saw, we can now more clearly define what we're talking about. By these two parts coming together, we're talking about a Jewish person coming to life. Because a soul and body, the union of soul and body, means chaim. It means chaim. And so now we can have more of a clear understanding of what, the, what, it, what it means to have a, a, a full person. A full person means not just to keep Yiddishkeit, but that Yiddishkeit and the person's existence and spiritual life should be classified as alive, chayim, to be alive, body and soul unified, which the result is being alive. And we could also more clearly define what the klipa, what the tum of the Erev Rav is. Because the tum of the Erev Rav is, is trying to keep these two parts separate from each other. When we, well, until, we, until we had the definition of the Rashash and the Vilna Gun, we didn't know exactly what that meant. But now that the definition of these two parts coming together means life, now we could, under, we could define the force stopping these two things from coming together, which is the impurity of anti-life anti-life, and that's what the Erev Rav was. That's what we, and that's what the Erev Rav is. That's the tum of the Erev Rav in the soul of something in the Neshama that's fighting against ex- serving Hashem and existing in a category that's called life, being alive. That's called being alive. The Erev Rav mm-hmm. is against that. That's what the Erev Rav is about. That's what it's against. <clears throat> and again, this is, why, this is why we saw that the whole sugh of the Erev Rav began with the sin of Adam and Chav and Gan Eden. That's, that's when things began to unravel. That's when we first saw this whole Sugh of the Erev Rav begin in that point. And the Pagama Brisa took place in the next 130 years. That's all the Erev Rav Inyan, And that's all a, cho- a choice of living a life of Eitzadas Toivara versus the Eitzachai. So it's a choice of, of living a non-life existence versus a life existence. That's what the Erev Rav was. Now, we saw as well that as the antidote, as the remedy, as the tikkun for the Erev Rav, and again, let's, let's appreciate this, how, tar, how Yiddishkeit always works. If, we, if the, 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 that tum of the Erev Rav that's fighting against this union of being alive, if it can be rectified, then we're not just talking about taking away an obstacle. We're talking about being able to truly, truly live and truly be alive. That's what we're talking about. And so we saw that the... Tzaddik that is that 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 was brought to the world really to to remove this obstacle, or in other words, introduce the Jewish people to not just avodis Hashem but to avodis Hashem in a bechina of Chaim. 
That was the that was Moshe Rabbeinu. That's Nishmas Moshe, and we saw that Nishmas Moshe, in order to do this, comes down in five different incarnations. Right? That's what we saw. Moshe, Shemarichai, Darizal, Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachman, five incarnations of Moshe Rabbeinu, all for one singular purpose, which is not just to give us Torah, that, that Moshe Rabbeinu did the first time, but to bring down Torah in a way that it can result and be experienced as a Torah's Chaim, as the Eitz Chaim Hilamachzikim Ba, an Avadis Hashem that's classified as an Avadis Hashem of life. That's, what, that's, that's basically what we saw. Now, to just show the connection, that we're not just like making this up, you know, the connection between, in other words, now that we have that, in, now we can sort of make another formula out of, out of what we're talking about. What we can say is as follows, is that the Erev is anti-life, and if the solution, if the neshama that's there to bring life is Moshe, Rav Shimon, Ari, Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachman, and the one commonality between all those five incarnations is what? Is Sight, is Primia Satyra. That's what each one of those incarnations is about. It's not just Tyra that Moshe Benu begins, but it's a, but it's a Tyra that's, that, that's about bringing life. And evidently, the type of Tyra that brings life is a Tyra that the Rishim Baichai and the Ari and the Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachman, it's somehow connected to Primia Satyra. And so now we could have, say, the following thing, that the air of Rav is the Tumma, not just fighting against life, but it must also be a Tumma that's fighting against Pneumia Satar. Because that's, that's the idea. If these five incarnations of Moshe is the antidote to the air of Rav, is anti-air of Rav, then it must be the air of Rav is not just anti-life, but it's anti the Torah that brings life, which is the Eitz Chaim. That's why the Rizal, his Sefer is called the Eitz Chaim for a reason. Take a look at the page that you have in front of you. It's, two, it's two-sided. So first of all, I want to uh, to, uh, to Isaac Klein for not only for helping, Bechlal, he always helps Bechlal, specifically Sunday mornings, but also for the copy machine, so I appreciate that. So um, I personally am taking credit for the double-sided aspect of it, but the fact that you have copies is because of him. So if you take a look at the page that you have, so the side that says on top, it's uh, the, the, the copy of the actual Sefer, Hakdamas Reinu Chaim Vital. Okay, this is from, this is a, just a page from, it happens to be, it's a Sefer by itself, really. It's an introduction that, that Rechaim Vital wrote to, uh, to his Ksavim, to the Kisviari. And it's all about Pneumus and, and the place of, of Pneumus Atayra and sort of the, the history of Yiddishkeit Bechlal. And so what we're going to just see now is a few lines. And he, the Rechaim Vital also draws this parallel between the Erev Rav and anti-Pneumus Atayra. Those two things, because again, let's right. That's what's going on over here. The air of Rav is against Chaim, right? And Moshe Rabbeinu in those five incarnations is bringing Torah's Chaim to the world, which is connected, obviously, to Pinimis Torah, Vaharaya. It's we're talking about Rav Shimon, Nari, Baal Shem, Rabbi Nachman, and the air of Rav is against. That's the air of Rav is against Pinimis Torah. So take a look at Rav Vital. It's on the le- on the right side, second paragraph. This is uh, it's it's it, it's the, it's a hakdama from Rav Vital to it, originally it was. It was uh, written as Hakdama to a larger sefer that's called Shar Hakdamas. Uh, for the most part, it's usually printed as an introduction to Eitzchayim. That's uh, what we have. So any standard uh, edition of Eitzchayim will have this as an introduction to it. So we explained elsewhere. And this sums up everything we're talking about. The sin of Adam Rishon 
in choosing the Eitzadas Tevira over the Eitzachayim, is Shaloi Bachar Lesasek Beitzachayim meant that he was not interested on his level. Again, we're talking about other Rishon. On his level, there was a decision made not to become preoccupied in that world that's called the Eitzachayim. She Chachmas Hakabala, which is Pnimis Atayr. So that's what the Racham Vital is telling us: is that the sin of Adam and Chava could also be qualified and identified as a rejection of Pnei Mesatar, a rejection of, those, of the Torah that those five incarnations of Moshe are trying to bring to the world. We're not trying to explain this Nakuda, though, what other Rishon, like what that meant. We're talking about other like why, how, that's not the point, but just to show the parallel. And the Zeo Atzmai Avon HaErevav, and said Rechaim Vital, and that itself is the sin of the Erevav, but appreciate that none of this would make any sense unless we've had the five past weeks, or whatever the case may be, right? Because Rav Chaim Vital doesn't now explain Erevav, like, what are, you, what are you talking about? But this is what he's talking about. The Erevav is, is the same, it's the same re-emergence of that sin, all the damage that was done by the sin of Adam and Chava in Gan Eden and after Gan Eden emerges as the, as the tomb of the Erevav, and the tomb of the Erevav is against life, the Eitzachayim, and Eitzachayim is, is the, and the, the, the Torah version, the Eitzachayim is Chachmas HaPnim, is Chachmas HaKabalah. And this is the sin of the Erev Rav, who said to Moshe Rabbeinu by Har Sinai, They said to Moshe Rabbeinu, we, we can't tolerate Hashem's own voice, right? We want you to speak to us. What does it mean that they were asking for Moshe, you should speak to us? It means, We want to hear a human, a Torah that speaks to the human being. To the human being, not a divine, esoteric, who knows what, right? We don't want to have a God speak to us. Maybe we'll die. You hear the irony of this, right? Is that Adrava, real life comes from connection to Pnimi Satar. But the air of Rav, everything is corrupted and everything is mirrored and it's opposite. So they're now telling Moshe Ben, no, no, Kabbalah is going to, we're going to die if you learn Kabbalah, right? If you learn Pnimi Satar, right? you, you die young and everything falls apart. No. You want to live? Then avoid the Yitzchak. You want to live? Eat the Yitzhadas Tavira, which is exactly what the Nachash said also, right? The Nachash said, eat from this, you'll be like God. You'll live forever, everything will be fine, you'll be godlike. It's the exact opposite of the truth. That's what the, that's the, the air of Rav, we're telling Moshe Rabbeinu. Val Yadabri Manu Lakim Penamus, we don't want to hear God speaking to us, maybe we'll die. Besisre Tavira. Kisvaras Atayim, Kisas Benetar, like even some Benetar make the mistake of thinking, Asher Rizmanenu Zeh, this was true that time. Hametzim Shem Ra, Al Chachmas Emes, Chai Oilam, Husei Lashanhara, just like the Nachash did. On Chachmas Emes, on what is truly eternal life, and they claim that anyone that involves themselves in the study of Pnei Satara, Yomis Bekitzushanu Chasushom Da Yang, Da Yang Chasushom, Belachin Nishba Luchas Rishaynis, Mesidj Deitzchaim. That's why we lost the first Luchas, which would have been the reemergence of the Eitzchaim. It would have been a tikkun of the Erev Rav. Everything would have been taken care of. But again, the Erev Rav convinced the Jewish people to follow the Chayta Egel, which was Vaiter just a uh, going against the five. The the Torah that the five incarnations of Moshe is trying to bring to the world, the Nidulem is Sitra de Sadas and was given to us instead a Torah which is more modeled and more fitting with the world of the Sadas, which is just Mishnah and and Halacha. And again, this is why you need Moshe Rabbeinu to come back down five times to reintroduce the world to not just a Pnimis Torah that's a nice idea, but a Pnimis Torah which which enlivens Yiddishkeit. And, here, and here's the Nakuda. This, right, again, this is just more of introductory words before we get to the practical topic of specific today, which is that, let's appreciate what's going on over here, is that Pneumus Atar is not just a, what, what we're seeing now, again, I'm preaching to the choir, I get it, but it's important to, to realize, to appreciate what choir we're a part of, I guess. 
Pnei Torah is not just a nice thing, you know, to inspire people, or uh, when you're stuck, uh, you don't know what to do with Parnassus, so you go to Mokobol, because somehow when you learn Kabbalah, you know about business, I don't know, and, and somehow things work, right? No. That's not what Pnei Torah is. We all know this. Pnei Torah turns a mitzvah from something that's dead into something that's alive. That's what Pnei Torah does. Is that all of a sudden, the Luvan Esrik you're holding are vibrating with power, with with. It's real. It's real. It's a Torah Chaim. It's an Eitz Chaim. It's Mamish alive. And those Yidin that are connected to Pnei Torah, to that extent, they're more alive than others. That's just the way it is. What does Pnei Torah mean? So again, I'm not. It doesn't mean to learn Kabbalah, but it means like 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 you see in those five incarnations from Aisha all the way to Rabbi Nachman. It's a ma- it's a matter of figuring the way of 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 connecting oneself to Tzadiki Emes and the Torah of Tzadiki Emes, to be able to experience Yiddishkeit for what it is, which is something that's real. Something that's real. See, see, what does it mean to be alive? See, see, life is an interesting thing. Life is something that is very easy to identify where, you know, when it's there, but very, very difficult to classify what it is. Everyone knows when someone's alive. Like, you, you could tell when someone's alive. But, so, you, you, so we know what it looks like. You know, we know the effects of being alive. And we know what you have to do to sustain life. Eat, drink, breathe, right? But what is life? What is that mitzias of, of what happens when a shaman and a guf blend together and all of a sudden the person opens his eyes? Like, what is that? What is consciousness? That's a very difficult thing to be able to pinpoint. It's a sight. It really is a sight. So that, that's why, you know, the, the halach is that one is not allowed to give over, you can't teach my Merkava, right, to the public, it has to give, be given over, Rebbe to Talmud. The Mishnah says like this, it's Rebbe to Talmud, one student at a time, and even then the Rebbe can't say everything, the Rebbe has to say Rashi Prakim, and the Talmud has to be a Chacham Umevni Daita, the Talmud has to be wise enough to pick up on it on his own. Now that's a very, see, that, that's a very funny thing, because... <coughs> That means that it's set up to be misunderstood. No? I mean, like, the, the whole inner of Kabbalah is that the word Kabbalah means something that's passed down. It means it has to be in its purest form, untouched. It's, it's not human intellect. It's not human knowledge. It has to be in its pristine form. You can't come up with your own assumptions. That's what, that's what would poison Pneum Satar. That's what would uh, bring it to philosophy and so on. It has to remain pristine in its, in its pure divine form. So how could I do that without telling you the Telling you, the, telling you what it is. What does that mean? That you have to be smart enough to fig- figure it out on your own? You can't figure it out on your own. That's what Kabbalah means, right? What does that mean? Like, how, how, could I, how, could, how could a person figure out Kabbalah on their own? Kabbalah means to receive. The answer is what Tzaddik says, that Sayyid, Maisner Kava, is, is an experience of Elokos. That's what Sayyid is. Sayyid is means, to mean, a Yiddishkeit of Sayyid is a Yiddishkeit that's alive. I know what it looks like, but I, don't, I can't say what it is. I could tell if, uh, if, if a Yid is living a life of Pneumius, I, I know what that looks like, but what is that exactly? What could, to, to define it, to put it in terms and say, so what, what is different about this person's Hanachas Tefillin and that person's Hanachas Tefillin? I see the difference, but I can't explain what the difference is. That's sight. That's an ex- the experience of Elikos, that was called Maisim Merkava. This is a shmuz on its own, what Maisim Merkava means, but Rav writes that Maisim Merkava means the experience of being alive, of living, of, of all of a sudden the, the, the lights going on. And Yiddishkeit is now, in a, now, now a mitzias. It's not something that's absolutely real and tangible. 
What do you mean tangible? Tefillin are not tangible? What tefillin are, they, they all of a sudden they become tangible and, and, and Torah takes on a deeper, deeper meaning and Shabbos is different and Mikvah is different and and the Mechaveres are different, and Stuck is different, and Davin, everything is, every, it's a new Metzias. And you can tell, you can tell peripherally a person that's experiencing that Metzias, but what is that Metzias? It's by its very definition a secret. You have to be a Chacham Umeidin Midaitai. You have to be able to be spiritually sensitive enough to figure it out on your own. What's being given to you is being given to you. But you have to be able to be sophisticated enough, and I say sophisticated not in an intellectual sense only, but in a spiritual sense, to be able to receive that and to really then experience life. And so, thi- so this is not an easy thing. This is not an easy thing. And, and Pina Satara is not, I mean, it's, it's, it's the fix, it's the answer, but it's something, that, it's something that cannot be explained. And this is what these five neshamas, the five incarnations of Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe, Shimon, Ari, Balshem, Rabbi Nachman, are there not to teach us necessarily things that other tzaddikim are not teaching us. This is, this is why whenever I mention this concept of the five singularities, five single ones from the five Yichliyadars, these five incarnations of Moshe, invariably, not that I get in trouble because like, it really doesn't matter, but uh, invariably, someone's going to ask, uh, this tzaddik, he's not part of the five. This tzaddik is not part of the five. The whole, sheer, the whole series is based on the Torah of the Vilna Gain. And you tell me the Gain is not part of the five? The Rashash is not part of the five? What's going on over here? So, okay, so the answer is, it's not the Torah of these tzaddikim versus other tzaddikim. These are, these are conduits for this revelation of sight. The Metzius of Nishmas... Maisha in the world allows every tzaddik in his own way to, 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 to give expression to this secret in different ways. So the Goyin is talking about this side, and the Rashash is talking about this side, and the Chidush Harim is talking about this side, and Avnenezi, and the Ragachavar, and Rechaim Brisker, and they're all talking about the secret of Yiddishkeit. What do you think Rechaim Brisker was doing? What's Lomdus? What's the, the whole world of Yeshivas is involved in, in, in Sisri Tire. It's all involved in the side. Why? What does that mean? That, what they're doing in Gemara is the same thing, right? All of a sudden, the Gemara is... A, anyone that knows this, right? When you read a Gemara, Kipshutai, okay, it's very, very nice, whatever it is. But then when you... When Rukhayim, when you have, then Rukhayim, like raises certain questions, like, oh, I didn't even think of that question. That's not a strong question. Then Rukhayim gives the answer, and he says, the entire sugh, with all of its complexity, with all of its chaos, right? With all of its toyvavayu, boils down to two dinim. And these two dinim is the bedrock and the, and the, and the foundation of the entire sugya. And every single region... And until now, it was 15 different shitas. Now, it's basically two shitas. That's called side. You understand? That's called bringing unity to a chaotic sugya. That's, that's Primus Atara. The Rechaim Brisker was, was also part of this, this process of the Masak and the Erev of bringing Tikkun, of, bringing, of turning Torah into a Torah Shaim. It doesn't only have to do with Kabbalah, but the point is, the Kayach, through which every tzaddik in his own way turns the Torah into, from something that's dead on paper into something that's truly alive, because again, let's understand, what happens to the body when it's not alive? It breaks apart into a billion pieces. So the nature of life is what? Or again, this is not the definition of life, but this is something that we find with things that are alive, is that they, they remain unified, right? That's what life does. When something's alive, it doesn't fall apart. Something falls apart, it's because it's slowly dying, or it's dead already, right? So anytime you have a tzaddik that takes a Torah 
and shows unity in it, whether it be in Nistar or in Nigla, that's, the, that's, that's called an avaida of these five tzaddiki emes of the Yechidi Adaris. So the, again, so it's not a matter of these tzaddikim and their Torah over other tzaddikim's Torah, but there's, an, there's something about the neshamas of these five tzaddikim that they are the vessel and the conduit through which this light of unity of Torah's Chaim, of Eitz Chaim comes to the world and every tzaddik takes that energy and expresses it in their own particular lens. And it could be the Rashash in his way of making unity and kisviari and organizing it and systemizing it, which is what the Rashash did, or Zvachim Brisker doing that to, you know, to, to, to Shas, it's a, to the Rambam. And so it's, 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 it's the same process, the same Avaida. It's Taras Chaim. And again, it's something that, you, that you, see, you know it when you see it, but it's very hard to qualify what it is, nearly impossible, and that's, what, that's why it's a site. That, that's the definition of site. Okay, so now let's, with that being said, okay, with that being said that what it is is impossible to qualify, you have to just, it's a matter of, of, of connecting oneself to the five tzaddiki emes of Moshe, Rav Shimon, Ari, Baal Shem, Rav Nachman, and their tyras, and the tyras of tzaddikim that are in line with that inyan of trying to find unity and bringing things together. But with that being said, there are certain personality traits, there's certain avaitis and certain midas that we can actually do in our own lives in a very practical sense. And these particular exercises are, are, are the telltale signs of being alive. In other words, there are certain, like I said, what life is, hard to qualify. But there are certain, there are certain uh, uh, um, what's the word? Um, there, there are certain uh, markers to indicate what something, when something is alive. Mm-hmm. And in Avodah Hashem, our Avodah very often is a big claw in Yiddishkeit, is that our Avodah very often is to, to mimic something. If we, can, if, we could, if we could put all the pieces together in our lives to resemble as if we're alive, then all of a sudden you become alive. <laughs> that's because that's ultimately it's not in, we're not in charge of bringing life into, our, into ourselves, but we are in charge of arranging our lives in such a way where at least we could resemble and we're we're sort of trying to live a life that's called alive and then the Rabbanu Shalom will, will give us life. So let's learn, that, that's what we're going to learn today. Some, what are, what, how, do we, how do we figure this out? This is going to be the approach right now for the next few minutes. What is the mahalach of how to figure out what, what certain personality qualities or avoidance in Moser, avoidance in in, uh, in the nefesh that are focused, that are, that are, that are simonim of being alive. <coughs> it's a funny thing to think about and to ask, because like, what do you mean? Like, everything we do is because we're alive. But more specifically, mm-hmm. to, to, and, and when we can identify what those midas are, we'll get a little bit of a better sense of what life is. <laughs> right now it's too vague, you know? It's a site, so it's never going to be 100%, but... Okay, so let's, how do we begin to figure this sugi out? So it's all from the Vilna Gain, but we're going to go from it in a different way. Take a look at Maramaka number one, okay, on the other side of the page. Okay, so we're going to go through it uh, relatively quickly because it's not that hard. Again, this is more practical now. So uh, Pasuk number one is in Parshas uh, Veira. We know the famous Maisa that Hashem is planning on destroying Sadaim. Right? So he says, How could I not tell Avram Avinu about what I'm going to do to destroy Sadaim? So the Pasik says, Hashem Amr, Hashem said, 
How could I uh, hold, conceal from Avram Avinu what I'm going to do? I cannot tell him. Why? Avram Avinu is going to be this great, awesome, and powerful nation. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through Avram Avinu. Why? And, and that why? Because I know that he's going to command his children and his whole family to continue the Messiah. And he's going to guard the way of Hashem. To do Tzedakah and Mishpat. And that's going to allow, uh, Hashem says about himself, to, that I'm, that's what's going to allow me to bring all the brachas that I, that I spoke about Avram Avinu by Lechacha. It's going to allow me to bring it to him. Right, so summing it up, Hashem Yisbarach is saying that I can't not tell Avram Avinu about Tzadayim. You know how great Avram Avinu is? He's so amazing, so gewaldic. He, he's going to pass on this, what's called Derech Hashem, to his children. Okay. Now let's appreciate what's going on over here. If you remember, this sugya of the Erev Rav came to sort of, uh, you know, it had its few times of, of fixing, right? We remember the Mabel, the Darflaga, and the final one was Tzadayim. <coughs> Let's appreciate what's going on over here. Why is it that Hashem feels like he compelled, he has to tell Avram Avinu about Tzadayim? And what's more that once he tells him about Tzadayim, what happens? Then Avram Avinu begins to mamish Davin in a very strong way to save Tzadayim. Uh, and it's ironic, because Tzadayim is the opposite of everything Avram Avinu is about. Chesed and so well, Why is Avram Avinu so fixated on Tzadayim? And why is Avram, why is Avram Shalom feeling like, I, have to, I can't not tell Avram Avinu, it's his inyan. Like, why, why is Tzadayim his inyan? The answer is, let's understand. Avram Avinu is davening not for Saddam. He's davening for the Nishamas, the heads of Nishmas Yisrael, that was lost in Saddam at the time. And so let's appreciate this. Therefore, what Hashem Yisbarach is saying right now is therefore going to be the key to explain the, uh, a major aspect in understanding the Tikkun of the Erevrav and, the, and, the, and, the, and, and bringing us to that experience of what's called life in Yiddishkeit. Because again, Avram Avinu feels responsible for Sadaim, because Avram Avinu is the first Jew, sees uh, himself as the one re ultimately responsible to bring Nishmas Yisrael to life, and to bring these two parts together of the body which Avram Avinu begins to fix in his own life, and the head that's lost in Sadaim, right? And when Avram Avinu is being told about the destruction of Sadaim, and he's afraid that that's going to be the it, the it for, you know, finished uh, for those Nishamas, he goes, to, he goes to battle to, to save those neshamas. So Avram Avinu is then told by the Rabbanu Shalom, uh, 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 Shalom is saying about Avram Avinu that I have to tell him about Tzadayim because he is going to, and what, what, why? Because Avram Avinu is deeply connected to those neshamas that are lost in Tzadayim. Why, how, in what way? Because Avram Avinu is going to keep the Derech Hashem. So if we can identify what this Derech Hashem is, that's going to be the key. Those are go that's the Derech. That, those are going to be the Midas, those are going to be the, the Inyanim, the, the, the markers of being alive. You follow this? That's what's going on over here. That's what Sadaim, again, that's what was going on. The destruction of Sadaim, Chas Vashon, might, might have meant the destruction of, uh, you know, of these Neshamas that the Erev Rav, again, it was the fourth chance in Mitzrayim and it worked out, but this was the third chance that was the strike three over here. So that was the concern. But Avram Avinu is the one that was upholding that avayda of the Mesach in the Erev Rav, and that's been described over here as V'sham Ruderach Hashem. So what is this Derech Hashem? Okay, so take a look at Marmok in the Ritu. This is a Rambam, okay? The Rambam in Hilchas Deis, Perak Aleph, Halach Avav. The Rambam is not talking about the Erev Rav, or at least uh, out in the open, okay? The Rambam says like this. It's a very famous idea from the Rambam. 
The Ram is talking about a derech hachayim. He's talking about a way of life, how a Jew should live. Derech hayeshara, says the Ram, the proper path is himidas beinenes, is the middle road. The middle road, in the middle. Shebekol deya videya, mikol adeya Every midah, every personality trait, every philosophy that a person has, always has extremes, right? You could go, he will give a few examples. He could go one way or the other. And the best approach, is that which is right in the center. That's equal distant from both extremes, right in the middle. That's what you want, that's where you want to be. That's not any closer to one extreme than the other, right in the middle. This is why Chazal have told us that a person should always train their personality and midas and so on to what? To be in the middle. To be in the middle. They should be healthy. You should be alive. You should be able to be in the middle. What does that mean exactly? Ketzat. So Ram gives a few very simple examples. Ketzat. Person is two extremes with anger, right? A person, one guy has a serious temper and everything, you know, triggers him, right? And the other extreme is the guy doesn't care about anything. You could step on him, you could spit in his face. Imamish could not care less. Says the Rambam, those are two extremes and neither are good. What should a person be? Elabaini. You'd be normal. What does Bainim mean? It means something that's that's uh, that's something worth worthy of being upset about that really is uh, is a problem. Then you get upset. Why are you getting upset that this shouldn't happen a second time? You know, no one should spit in your face. That that, that that's legitimate to be upset about that. To be upset about someone didn't give you shalom That's already not a reason to be upset. Again, derech normal middle path. Another example of a chain. Also, when it comes to taiva, again, so you could have all the extreme case of a person having a taiva for everything, or a guy doesn't have any taivas at all. Neither, neither are healthy. Rather, a person should have a taiva for those things that he needs. The Evshalis is lost and things that he can't live without. Kenyan Shinemar, like the Pasuk says, Tzadik Eichel, Tzadik eats to satisfy his soul. So, that which he needs to satisfy his soul, he enjoys and he wants. Another example, don't be too stingy, right, to be, you know, to hold back from giving. But not to just, uh, you know, to give without end, without any reason, without any thought, to give everything away. That's also not good. You give tzedakah based on what you can handle. Obviously, that's dependent on each person, but that you give whatever you can handle. And you loan money to the places that are appropriate. Mitzad, mitzad you, and mitzad the receiver. That, that's uh, the derech habein. The derech zu, he derech hachachamim. That's the way of the chachamim. Umitzuv manu leches b'derechem elu habeinim. Says the Rambam, not only is this a good idea, this is actually a mitzvah. We're commanded to live in this way of the middle. This is, this is the proper and uh, and just road. Shenemar v'halachta b'derechav. And this is in fact the definition of the mitzvah. According to the Rambam, it's a chiddush. This is not for now so much, but the Rambam defines v'halachta b'derechav is not just be nice. V'halachta b'derechav means to live in this middle path. Because the Rabbanu Shalom is very nice, but he doesn't just give without end. The Rabbanu Shalom understands that there's a cheshbon, right? So living, uh, living an appropriate life of in the middle, that's called Now says the Ramah, And this is the path that Avram Avinu showed for his children. That's the passage that we started with that the Ramah quotes now, is that this is the reason why Hashem Yisparach 
felt compelled to tell Avram Avinu about his plan with Sedaim, because Avram Avinu is living this, la- this life of Derech Hashem. And, and, that's, and that's the definition of this path, says the Ramam, is the middle path. The middle path. So this is the definition of Derech Hashem, which is living in the middle. Okay. What does this have to do with the Sugev Erevav and Pinyas Atar? So it's like this. Right underneath these Marmachimists, you see there's a little, um, I don't know what to call it, a little chart, whatever, yeah, of the, of the, of the ten spheres. Now again, I know there's 11, so that's, you know, it's not for now. <laughs> Supposed to be ten, but we do know there is an idea that the Rebbeinu Shloim, every living organism, every living Jew, is compro- is there's there's a certain there's a certain blueprint of what life looks like. If you needed to, if you needed to, you know, to 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 quantify it and to and to and to give a, a an algorithm for it. There's the periodic table of existence in Ruchnias. For something to truly be alive. It has to contain these ten spheres, okay? Three intellectual, and the rest emotional, and so on. What they mean is not for now, but as you'll see, but here's the nakuda. Here's the nakuda for us: is that the way the ten spheres are are always uh, written up and sort of described in, in chart-like form, is that it's in three lines. There's the right extreme, the left extreme, and the line in the middle. The, the right is always related to chesed. So all the so the three spheres again. I'm not explaining this right now, but the three spheres that you mm-hmm. see on the right side, right number two, five, and eight. Let's say chachma, chesed, and netzach. Those are all chesed oriented. Okay. The three spheres on the on the left side, bina, gvura, and Haid, are all din and gvura oriented. Okay. Those are the two extremes. In the Vilna Gain, the rise of the Vilna Gain, and here's the Nakud over here. In the rise of the Vilna Gain, the Midas that are mostly associated with life itself, with what it means to be alive, is that which is in the middle. Because the middle, let's understand, the middle it always means stability. Always means stability. Anytime that there's an extreme, extreme always is maybe exciting, but it's always not sustainable. Extremes are never sustainable, right? Not only are they not sustainable, but they usually fall into unhealthy places. It's always like that. The middle is always what's sustainable, and the middle is always what allows something to remain healthy and ultimately alive. Like I said a moment ago, what's the simon of life? One of the great simonim of life is things being unified, being held together, right? When, when again, when a person passes away or an animal dies, what happens? The, the, it falls into a billion pieces, right? Things begin to move into extremes. What unifies everything, the center line, that's the simon of life. That's the simon of life. So let's, let's explain the oimek of what we just learned from the Rambam. Again, the Rambam told us is that the derech, of, the derech Hashem that Avram Avinu undertook upon himself, which gives him the right to know what's going on in Sadaim, is going in the middle, is being in the middle. So, in other words, what's therefore happening, what we're, what we're, what we're learning about, in what, what we're seeing in the Rambam and so on, is this Nakuda, and based on Vilna Gain, is that if we want to define what Midas we should work on that allows us entrance into that world that's called being alive, it's specifically going to be the Midas that are related to the spheres that are in the middle. 
the middle, the Derech Hashem, the middle path, the path of life, the path of sustainability, the path that unifies separate things, the path of the Yitzhak those are the Midas that are going to be in the middle, and that, those are the Midas to work on in order to, in order to ultimately, ultimately become alive and so on. That's, uh, that's the Avayda of yours. Follow so far? That's what's going on over here. That's the Mahalach. That's the Mahalach. So now, to say, therefore, ultimately, what we're now going to do, Mamish, for another few minutes, because we don't have time right now, to be Marach in this a little bit more, but we're going to, yeah, I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, where we're going to, okay. So what we're going to see for the next few minutes is really just to introduce us to one particular Nakuda of, of this Avaida of being in the middle. Now let, let me explain. <laughs> In Marmokka number three, you have a paragraph from the Leshem. Okay, this is from one of his sermons from Sefer Adeya. <clears throat> and the Leshem is telling us a, a general approach of, of something that's going to be a necessary component in every particular aspect of these middle midas, of these middle spheres. Again, am I, am I clear? Do you understand what I'm saying over here? This, this is an akuda. Again, we've, we've now identified, again, this, to make it as clear as possible, we've identified that the definition, the, the simon of life is unification, is bringing opposites together. And that's sustainable. That's ultimately what uh, keep things, keep things, keeps things uh, moving and alive. So now, in terms of the midas, in terms of the spheres, those spheres which are, generally speaking, identified as the middle line, those are going to be the Midas that are under attack by the Erev Rav. That's going to be the Kuda. Each one of them, whatever Keser means, whatever Das means, whatever Teferis means, whatever Yisoyed means, whatever Malchus means, these are the Midas that are under attack by the Erev Rav. And our Avoida is to Mechazek every single one of those Midas. And as we're going to see, Bez Hashem, the, these, what these Midas mean, what these Midas mean and how they're under attack is very much what's going on in Gullus America, as we've been talking about, and that's our Avaida, is to have a healthy diet of what? Of, of, of Pnimis HaKaira, of a Pnimis Yiddishkeit, with focus on these particular Midas of the middle, okay? And when you put that together, that's the ingredient of life. That's the ingredient of life. These Midas in place, in a healthy way, are all the markers of, of being alive, and then you actually are engaged in whatever level of Pnimis you are, and that, that's, that's fitting for you in terms of connecting to those five incarnations of Maishar Benu, that's Mamash alive. That's Mamash alive. So let's, let's, begin, let's begin with, the, with, the, uh, with this klal from the, from the Leshem. And this Leshem is giving us, again, a klal in terms of a general, uh, a general vision of these particular middle midas. And in particular, the first one. We'll see. Take a look at the Leshem. Leshem writes like this. Kishtatfus rachemim imdinim. Whenever you're talking about trying to bring together opposites, chesed, right, rachamim, and din, right, the, the, the right extreme with the left extreme, ashrim basic savais, which are these two opposite ends, umenagdim zelazah, and they fight against each other. The only way to do that is to have a middle line in the middle, something, some derech habeni, the derech Hashem of Avram Avinu, that he is, that, that Avram Avinu, takes upon himself to ultimately be Masaka in the Erevrav, which were being destroyed in Sadoim, that's the Derech Hashem, that's the middle path. But in order for this union to come together, 
the, this middle path has to be really qualified and defined. And you have to really figure out what these midas are that embody this middle line to allow yourself to bring things together and to experience life. That's, that's, that's what you have to do. Now says the lesson, the amazing line, Ve'ikr hasiba. And the main siba, you want to know the, the fund, most fundamental midah that one has to have in order to even begin this avayda of being masak in the middle line of the spheres. Again, thus enabling you to embody life and to misak in the air of in your life, who has seder bahadraga, is patience. Patience. And the ability to wait, and to allow things to unfold piece by piece. To allow things to, to be put together, slowly but surely, and not to need quick, 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 to be able to have patience. That says the lesson is an amazing thing. That is the most important quality of the middle. Because when it, let's understand, whenever you have two opposites, for them to be unified, it's going to take time for every prat of this extreme and that extreme to meld with each other. It's not a quick solution. And that's the, that's the definition of life. In a certain sense, not, I can't say the definition, but that's a very major marker to indicate where life exists is where there's patience. Life takes time. It takes time to... Develop. It takes nine months in the, in the womb. It, it takes time for the details, for the body and soul to become unified. It's not something that happens overnight. It's something that has to have time to bake. And so this is one of the most important qualities. The Messinus Gadol, with patience. And then all the difficulties in each extreme become softened and become worked through with time as each extreme melts with the other through Messinus, through Messinus, and they ultimately will, will become one through that single line. But the process over here, this is the Nikud here, the process of unifying all extremes and really coming in, coming in contact with what? With, with, with the simonim of life and allowing life to develop in a, spirit, in a physical and a spiritual sense demands messinas, mm. demands patience, demands patience. Now, this therefore goes without saying, is a huge, huge Indian that's under attack, of not allowing the patience to be. You could blame it on all you want. The person can blame it on technology. You could blame it on, on uh, the Gashmias. You could blame it on who knows what. You could, you, could, you could blame it on all sorts of things. And those might be all... Ways in which impatience is surfacing, but the root of what impatience—why is there such impatience in the world—is because of the tomb of the erev. That's where it's coming from. How does that surface? How does this yitzhar of impatience make itself uh, noticeable? So it's through technology, and it's through gashmias, and it's through everything just quick and all that's and it's all true. But the ultimate nakuda. Why is the Erev Rav Golis so obsessed with not allowing a person to have any time to think and to have any patience at all? And whatever you want to have, you have it automatically. And we always think of that as a good thing. But it's really counterproductive sometimes because, in order, because again, what the Erev Rav does not want, what this Golis does not want us to be able to experience is what? Is, is, a, is a Yiddishkeit of life. And the Yiddishkeit of life comes with being able to connect ourselves to the middle, which unifies extremes. And as Aleshem is telling us, the unification of extremes takes time. 
It takes time. This is why the number one midah of that which is in the middle is keser, right? The word keser, let's, let's, now let's explain just for a few minutes. If, but if anyone has to leave, it's totally fine. I'm not, but just for a few more minutes, because I want to get started a little bit over here. The word keser, the first midah of the middle midas, that's again identified now more clearly with life itself and, and the markers of life. The word keser means crown, and it's always associated with rotsen, with desire. What do you want? What do you want? Now, now that's an interesting thing, because the word keser in Tanakh, also the word kater means to wait. To, it means to wait. So the, word, the first midah of the middle madregas, which is keser, means mesinos. It means to wait. Because in a certain level, that's the greatest expression of what you want, is that it takes time to clarify what you want. You don't, you don't know what you want. We don't know what we want. You could, if you're told what you want, okay, that's not what you want. What do you want? That takes time. It takes time to develop an inner identity, an inner sense of, this is what I want. And, and, and that Indian of Messinus, that Indian of Messinus is the greatest indicator of life. Because let, let's, let's understand this. Life means, another great indication of life, that's what, that's what Kessler is about, a great indication of life is, is choice. It's choice. How do I know that something's alive? Because it moves, right? Like, you know, if, you, if someone, how do you know someone's alive? So you can see there's movement, right? Movement is always an indication of life. Movement on a spiritual level means choice. I want this, and I'm going to go get it. That's what choice, that's, that's, that's what Bechir is, to make that choice, to make that choice. And choice comes with, choice comes with, it has to come with patience. It has to come with patience, because in order to choose something, there has to be a discerning, there has to be an understanding, what am I choosing, why am I choosing it? And that, that quality of, of Messinas is absolutely vital, and absolutely necessary to even begin this avoid of Shaiv. I know it's already the last week, you know what I'm saying? But like to, to even begin this avoida of, of, of experiencing a, 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 a Yiddishkeit that's alive, the most number one agreement, that's what we're learning today. And Bez Hashem, next week and, and so on, we'll, we'll get more into the details of these middle midas. But that's the, the point of right now. The point of right now is the introduction into this avoida of life is what? Is Messinas. Is not to expect things quickly, and Adarabha, when things come with time, then they're more real, and they're more alive, and they're more alive. And this is, again, this is why, this is more, again, we'll, 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 see, we'll speak more about Kesser, I guess, next time, but, but this inning of Messinus is, is a very, very important point. By the way, it's also important in Pinyin Satara, because Pinyin Satara is not something that comes easily in terms of understanding it and appreciating it and, and experiencing it. It comes with Messinas. But this idea of patience is extremely, extremely important in order to allow extremes to melt. A person that's impatient in Gashvis and in Ruchnius is not go- allowing themselves to experience life. Not allowing themselves to experience life. And any choice that they make is reactive. It's not coming from within the person himself. You understand this? A true choice and true movement and, tr- and life means it has to be motivated from within you. From within you. That's a symptom of being alive. When, a, when, 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 a, uh, when you plug in a lamp and the lamp, uh, the lamp is lit up, the lamp is not alive. How do I know? You take it out of the plug, unplug it. It's not, it doesn't have its own chiyas. The symptom of being alive, life means that it has its own battery pack. It has its own, 
it's its own system. And to have your own system means that you have to make your own choices and decide for yourself what you want, and that takes time to develop. It takes time to develop that quality. If a person is, in, it's, if it's always just reactive, 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 then there's no time for you to be active. You're always reactive. And even when you're doing something, you're doing something just as a reaction too. But the idea of, of actually being proactive, that's a sign of being alive. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu takes us out of gullus, of slavery. Slavery means always being reactive. What do I do? I don't know, whatever my master says. What do you want to do? That's a sign of being alive, when you can finally say, this is what I want to do. How do you know what you want to do? That takes time. That takes time. It takes messinas. So the word, that's, that's the, the, the first meaning that we're talking about of keser. Keser means rotsen. Keser means choice. Keser means decisions. It means saying, this is what I want. And the way to develop that is kater, is with patience and, and, and waiting. And listening, and waiting, and learning, and then developing within yourself what is it that you want, and then to be able to express that. But that, that, that's, that's the beginning of this avayda, of, of coming in contact. And again, this is all part of Shmir Sabris. It's all part of this avayda. Because again, Yisait, right? Yisait is in the middle. Yisait is, is one of those midas in the middle. But Bez Hashem, that's where we're going to go to. And that's why it's a longer approach of working on these particular midas. But if we can, it's a, it's a much more holistic approach at the same time. So that's avayda exercise number one, patience. Patience. When you go to grocery shopping or something, Dafka go the longer line today. You know what I'm saying? Let's so work on that. Okay. Shkayach, everybody.